0: My message this morning is the local church, our place of identity and our calling. The local church. So it's part of what Pastor Davies has been ministering. And I would like us to start by going to Ephesians 4, from verse one to three. In the NLT version says, therefore I prisoner, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Hallelujah. Tell somebody next to you, you have been called by God. If we could just stop there and go to 2 Timothy 1.9. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, talking about Jesus, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it's not it's a God calling and it's a holy calling. Amen. Remember Pastor is again ministering about holiness. It's a holy calling. So it's not all callings that are the same. There is a holy calling. If I said hey, come over here. you know, that's call. I'm calling you. But that may not be a, a holy call if I could put it that way. And uh, So, what we are saying here is that each one of us has a call. Let's go to verse 2 of Ephesians 4. 4, Verse 2 of it. It says, Always, this is how you execute the call. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let's go on. Make every effort to keep yourselves. United in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Amen. Let me make a couple of points there. And the first one is that you are called. Let me emphasize that. You have a call on your life. And it's a call of God. What is a call? A call, the name call has various meanings. But there there are two main ones. The call is something you are called to do, something, your assignment, something you are to do somewhere. That's your call. If I've called you to come and serve in an area of the ministry, you are in GUC, you are in choir, you are, you are being called, you are being summoned to come and do that. That's, that's one of the most common ways of a calling. It's your vocation. Is what you do. I'm called as a medical doctor. I'm called as a lecturer. I'm called. You are called into something, an assignment. Amen? Also, call, like I said, call can also be, hey, you are called so and so. That is what you become. This is called a lion. It's a lion, right? It's called a lion. It's it's a lion. So there are several uh, meanings to that. But when we look at the vocation, it's a calling. Your assignment is a calling. There is a joke I saw the other day about uh, two people appearing at the gates in heaven. They have died. And so one is a pilot, the other one is a preacher. So the angel says, here, we go by results. So who are you? So the first guy says, the pilot is the first one to go and says, I'm a pilot. I, I was a pilot on earth. So, the angel takes a, a golden robe and puts it on him and hands him a golden setter. Right? That's that's high honor. He says, welcome to heaven. So, he goes in. Next is the preacher. He says, all right. And you? see said, I'm a preacher. He said, okay, here we let me check out your name. All right, it's here. Here is your cotton robe and wooden setter. The preacher man says, hey, you know preachers? He said, hey, come on, this is heaven. I was doing heaven's work. What's going on here? That's the pilot. He got a golden robe and, uh, and uh, a golden setter. And the angel says, listen, I said, here yeah, we go by resorts. What happened is that wherever that pilot flew an aeroplane, people held to their chairs and prayed all the way. And you, when you preached, people went to sleep. So, it's all about results. <laughs> no, it's not, that's not how it is done. But I'm just that our lives, our vocation, our calling ought to produce what? Results. Amen. And, if we can now go to, so, so another point I want to make there is, it says make every effort to keep yourselves united. So, it will take effort. Remember, it says make allowance for other people's what? Faults. Why do you want to make allowance for other faut, people's faults if you're in the choir or if you're in your GUC? It's because I want them to make room for my own faults. Amen. You know, Pastor David said we are all under what? Construction. And if you are not careful, we will argue I was unable to fulfill my call because of the conivan. No, I make allowance for her faults because she needs to make what? Allowance for my That's the only way we are going to become united and make effort to achieve the will and purposes of God. Amen? We have a call. We have a way of going around it. Verse 7, let's go to verse 7 of that scripture. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I have a gift. And it's a special one. Is generosity of Christ. Hallelujah. So when we are serving God, when we are in our vocation, we need to look at it like this is a gift that I have received from God. Everybody has a gift. There's no such a situation as somebody without a gift. And then I want us to look at verse 11 of that. Verse 11 says, Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Hallelujah. So, what is this talking about? This is saying that now God has given pastors, apostles, evangelists, what is the purpose of that? So that I am equipped. What is equipping? Equipping is helping my gift come up, that I can fulfill my Call. Hallelujah. All right? So what are they doing? They are developing my character. They are creating their environment, helping me to move forward with my calling. Amen. So you have a gift, but you need a character. Amen. Because you could have a gift of singing. But if you don't show up for choir training, if you don't show up for pastoral counseling about that gift, Will that gift really glorify God? No. You may end up singing in a, another place, you know. I was up country the other day and we were talking about Fox there and some of my people, uh, my, uh, my sister actually said, do you remember so and so? Yeah, he's now uh, sitting on the high stool. I said, which high stool? He said, he used to be a uh, leader of the church. He said he has gone back to the big stool. That means he's gone back to the pub, He's sitting in bar stools. They call them sinatabu. No, that's a lie from hell. That's a lot of trouble you are sitting on right there. It is not. There's no trouble. That's a lot of trouble. So what is the man doing? He has moved from his what? Calling and he's now moving somewhere else. We don't want you not singing. If you don't have the character built, then... You might well, you are still using your gift, but you are now a one man guitar, singing Mogivi. And that is not the deal. That's that's not the deal. The deal is, we want you to be serving in the kingdom of God. Somebody shout, Amen. So you for sure have a gift, and you have a calling, and your character that is built through the church. You see, it's for the building of the church. Say, the church. That is what our gifts are for. And then we are able to become one man to the standard of Christ. Again, going back to our differences. Why do we have differences? Because we complement each other. Say compliment. Not compete. Say not compete. The church is a place of what? Where we come with our gifts, we are developed in character, and we complement each other and then Christ is glorified. The work of the ministry is done. Remember, it says here, for the equipping, for the what? The work of the ministry. Most people think the work of the ministry is up to the pastor. No, the work of the ministry is up to the what? Members. Amen. And so, uh, and they are again, talking about division and, and warning us, again, saying we are coming to what? Until we all come to such unity in our faith, I'm telling you, the default situation is contention and division. That is the default. It takes effort to remain what? United. Have you ever heard of, is it Superman or what was his name? There's a guy, when he's, they show him something called Kryptonite. He was from Kryptos. When he's shown Kryptonite, his power disappears. You remember that? Have you ever watched that TV series? Is it Superman or Batman? It's Superman. So, Superman, yeah, some guy called Clark, and the girl is called Louis, somebody. So, the thing is, the kryptonite would what? Make him completely useless. Strive and division is kryptonite. It takes the power away, and although this guy is so gifted, he's coming to save the world, but once he's shown kryptonite, there's no power. That's why we have to come into Unity, amen. There is another dimension in our calling that we require, and this is identity. Say identity. So identity is who you are. Remember, Pastor Davis last week said we first identify ourselves with Christ and then with the church. And I want us to take a little joy here to look at what is my identity. So, my call is what I do, all right. My identity is who I am. Now, we confuse this. We ask, who are you? You say, I'm an accountant. All right. You are really an accountant? All right. Then if Dan Deacon Norman, uh, Duncan says, I ask him, who are you? He says, I'm an accountant. Soon, his daughter, Wema, comes. He says, dad. He said, who is this? He I'm the father. He's, uh, I'm dad. Oh, now you are dad. All right. Soon, Lita comes and says, oh, this is my husband. Oh. So all these are things he does, but who exactly are you? You are a father. You are a, 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 a husband. You are an accountant. Your identity. Who exactly are you? Let's look at uh, at uh, um, Matthew three, Matthew three sixteen, Matthew three sixteen to seventeen. This is talking about Jesus when he had been baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well preached. So what is he doing? He's identifying who Jesus is. And identification is about Relationships. Amen. Think, this is my son, son identity. I'm related to him. Amen. Now, actually, look, uh, this, uh, I want us to look at it from two accounts here. So, Matthew 3:16 to 17, and then Luke three twenty two is the same kind of a thing. Uh, Luke three twenty two says, And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Listen, you are my son. Beloved son, in you I'm well priest. That is identity. Now, let's go to chapter 4 of Matthew and chapter 4 of Luke. So, chapter 4 of Matthew 3 says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Look at that. If you are who? Let me digress a bit here. You know, the Bible is written in chapters and verses and all that. But you know that is not how it was actually happening, right? When I started uh, ministering, I didn't say now we are on chapter 3 or whatever. No, we are. It's a message that is going out, alright? So the end of Matthew chapter 3 talks about the Holy Spirit, uh, the uh, the voice saying this is what? My son. And now in Chapter four. So forget the chapter and it's a continuous story now. And he says what? In, in verse three. The tempter is coming and saying, You are the son of are you if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. What is Satan after? Pastor Davis ministered on this uh, the first Wednesday, I believe, after uh, uh, after the first about the oh the, the, the what? The last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life, and and how the temptation comes to that and and I you need to listen to that it was very powerful but I want to focus on the first part of that if you are what the son of god why god had just said what you are the son of god so satan remember in the garden even in the garden the devil came and said did god say what is he trying to get into the relationship with god is his target is his target now? He wants him to do something, he's tempting him now, the last of the flesh and the last of the eyes. But the desire is to compromise his identity. Satan is out after your identity and my identity. All right, let's look at Luke 4 now in the Amplified. This is what says this Then Jesus, full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led in by the Holy Spirit, for during 40 days in the wilderness, the desert, where he was tempted, tried, tested exceedingly by the devil, and yet nothing during those days. And when they were completed, he was hungry. Let's go on. Then the devil said to him, listen, if you are the son of God, order this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Right? right, let's go on. And Jesus replied to him, it is written, man shall not live and be sustained by on bread alone, but by every word and expression of God. It amazes me that Jesus did not say, hey, devil, are you deaf? You didn't hear the voice? Are you the only one who didn't hear the voice? No, that's not what he did. Jesus came at Satan with, say it is written. You better know what is written. Hallelujah. You better know what is written. You better know what is written. Because that is where the power lies. Uh, my, 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 my wife has several names. One of them is Kate. Kate is uh, derived from Catherine. So her school friends, the people they were in high school and at home when they meet her, they say, hey, Kate. I, I, I know her. I, I, when I met her, she said she's called Kate. So, Kate, is, she is. <laughs> One day, somebody sent us a puzzle uh, from abroad. And I went to the uh, post office to pick it. The only problem is, the document I had said, Mary Wangoi. There was no Kate there. So, the puzzle was written... Mr. and Miss, uh, it was written Kate and Francis Mary. So I come, they say, Where is Kate? <laughs> See, <laughs> Kate is my wife. Where is her ID? But the ID says Mary. Where is Kate coming in here? It is written. <laughs> so I had to go back and get her to give me some document. Apparently, I don't know whether. It's the same school where uh, Yvonne was, but they have names, two names. They, there is one name you are given, then you are given another name at some other point. So there is, there is Catherine Mary, or Mary Catherine. I'm not sure which one comes where. So she had to give me that small document so that I could go back to the post office and convince them that I actually have a written document that there is somebody called... Still, it doesn't say Kate. It says Catherine. So, well, but we sorted out the issue. But the thing here is that what is written about your identity? That's my point. What is written about your identity? Amen? Let's go to John 10. John 10, uh, Scripture. There in John 10, 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. They want to stone Jesus. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have done I have shown you from my father for which of those works do you stone me The Jews answered him saying for a good work we do not stone you but for blasphemy and because you being a man make yourself God Let's go Jesus answered them is it not what written in your law I said you are gods. Amen. If you call them gods to whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken. Hallelujah. Your identity is from what is written in the word of God. That is what will stabilize you. Notice here, they did not have an issue with what he was doing. Their issue was his word identity. His identity and he's arguing with them, telling them, hey, what I'm doing is as a result of my identity. Listen, you can give to our home and you are not a Christian. You don't even believe in Jesus. That is a different motivation. And God will accept that. It's good works, but it's much more effective and what God wants you to is you come in as a child of God. Amen. So, our works, the effect of our works has to also do with our what? Identity. Why would a person take their gift of singing and go and sing in uh, a pub? It's because there's an issue with their what? Identity. Are they gifted? Yes. Are they doing what they're supposed to do with that gift? No. Why? They have the wrong identity. So, if we are going to serve in church, we better understand what is our identity. Amen. Hallelujah. So, our identity is what brings us stability. Amen. We are not a rolling stone. We are a living stone. You remember Pastor Davis ministering last week? You are not a rolling stone moving from here to there to there to there. We are living stones. Hallelujah. And so, I want us to see that when we know what our true identity is, then no matter what happens in our lives, we are stable. We are stable. We have confidence in who we are. That is what was powering the ministry of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, it's not enough what I had. It's not enough what I had. It's not enough what people said about me. I better know what is written about me. Let's look at uh, Ephesians. Let us look at Ephesians 1 and 5 and see what God says we are. Ephesians 1 and 5. In the ERV version it says, and therefore the world was made, and before the world was made, God decided to make us his own, what? Children through Jesus Christ. This was, this is, This was what God wanted, and it pleased him to do it. And let's go on to verse uh, 17 now. So we are, first of all, establishing our identity. We are children of God. And then verse 17 says that the God, now Paul praying for Ephesians, saying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's gone. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's gone. And what's the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. My emphasis here is this. Paul is asking for the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation, so that the Ephesians know who they are. So your identity and your call may not be obvious. And you may need to pray and believe God for it. Amen. And that, that, that uh, how can I, let me put it this way. God is not hiding your identity. It's just that there is so much confusion in this world, amen. And that identity is coming from what? Our identity and calling—they are falling, fall, they, are, they are tightly uh, coupled together. L- let me give you an example of David. We uh, won't look at the scriptures here, but you can check it on your own. At the end of uh, First Samuel, I believe seventeen, Saul asked Abner, the, 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 the leader of his army, whose son is that? Because David has killed who? Goriath. He's actually holding the broad head of, of Goriath. You would say he's a fighter. But he wanted to know whose son is he? Amen. So, and, and remember David, that his father, now we know David as a king. We know David as a psalmist, But remember, his father really did not know him as a king until it was revealed. Because when Samuel came to anoint him, he didn't call the others. He didn't think the guy has the potential to be a king. So he didn't call him. But it's, it's being revealed now who he is. So uh, Saul wants to know whose son is he. Remember in, uh, in, uh, in Acts uh, I believe it's Acts uh, 13, uh, 22. It says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do whatever I want him to do. Hallelujah. So I have identified him. His identity is he is a son of Jesse, but he has a very close relationship with God. And now he'll be able to do all that God wants to be done. Amen? Whose son are you? Say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the living God. It's so, so important. Whose son is this? Whose son? Uh, If you go back to uh, the book of John, verse uh, chapter 8, Jesus is having this argument with the Pharisees and the Jews. He finally told them, you are of your father the devil. Man, they didn't like it. They picked stones to stone him. See, whose son are you? It's so important. Whose son are you? Because that is what will influence what you will do. Amen. And 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 so uh, there, there are times when this whole thing converges. Doctor Daniel, I, I think he's probably a doctor everywhere he goes. You know, I see people follow him after the service and say, "I have a pain here." penia, the penia. You have something I can swallow? <laughs> he, he's a, whenever he goes, I, I think he'll, people know, I, I'm sure when he goes home, they don't call a doctor. We have one in the house. But some of us, our calling, various elements are distinct. I'm sure, you see Titus at the door there, whenever he's there, Titus has a, 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 he, he's checking whether you've registered. I'm sure if you go home, you not find him at his door with a list checking people who are coming in. Titus is also a lecturer. So when, when you find him in a university lecturing, is he holding that list again? Saying, who are you again? Had you registered? No. So Titus is an usher, Titus is a husband and a father. Titus is a lecturer. Titus is a consultant. So if I went to the World Bank and I talked to them about Titus, they say, the consultant. But is, this, is that his identity? If I went to all these places, if I showed up at the University of Nairobi tomorrow and say, I want to see Titus Wanjara, they say, how do you know him? They say, oh, we serve with him in church. And then they said ah, oh, no, uh, that can't be. There's a Titus Wanjara here, but that cannot be the one. I would be shocked. Now, if I said that, they said, oh, no wonder. He goes to church. Oh, ah, that's okay. Now I see. But if they went like, I, the one who is here, <laughs> I, I think you need, to, <laughs> I don't think it is that one. There's an issue there. There's an identity which he carries everywhere he goes, isn't it? There's an identity that he carries as Anasha. He's, an, he's, jo- he's not just Anasha. He's a child of God. And that needs to be coming everywhere he goes. That needs to be coming everywhere I go. Amen. Now, it may be hidden in some areas, but, you know, it has to, to be like that. So there's an anointing. Let me say this. There's an anointing for all these areas for me to operate in. When it says here, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that I may know what is my calling as a husband. My calling as a father. My calling as an usher. My calling as a lecturer. Once that anointing comes up, then everywhere I go, the identity of God shows up. That is how we influence the world. Hallelujah. You know, we are saying we are a church here and we go out there and influence the world for God through what? Our identity, first and foremost. There are many lecturers. What is the difference between lecturer Titus Wanjara and all the other lecturers? What is the, uh, the difference between Dr. Daniel and other doctors? Is there you are a child of God? It should not be like I come to where Daniel works. I say he sings in the choir, that one. No. No, 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 no. Should me when I go home. <laughs> I still remember. Uh, he said, uh, the one who teaches parenting here, he came here, Dr. Mukowe, said, if we want, if we went home and asked the, the house help, to mama, want to make mama an elder in the church. Ah! am uh, I Is it a No, that shouldn't. What is the issue? There's is an identity crisis. And I need a revelation. Prayer brings out my real identity and aligns it to my calling. Remember Naomi and Ruth when they showed up when Ruth showed up in the field of Boaz? You know, when she went back to Naomi, her mother-in-law, uh, her mother-in-law knew who Boaz is. He's what? He's our kinsman redeemer. He's not just another guy out there. Amen. There's something in that man that Ruth did not know, but now Naomi is what? Bringing. They're coming together and they're saying, all right, now... We are going to do something because we know he's not just what? Another farmer. Now, that was hidden to Ruth, Sharon it. Amen. And I have to, uh, you know, remind my wife once in a while, girl, you came to Boaz Field. Doesn't matter how it looks like. Don't be deceived by the devil. You got hooked up with the (laughs) Boaz. But that Boaz may be hidden. But if you believe, Boaz will come up. So the thing is, is my point is revelation. Amen. So then we know the identity of who we are and what is around us. And then we can bring out the will of God. Amen. Let's look at that scripture. But now I want us to continue from verse 20. But now we look at it from the, the message version. Uh, and and I, is it message? Let me see. Which version did I give you guys? Is the either message or TPT. Yeah, it's, it's the message version. Verse 20 and 23. Now, we have a, a revelation of ourselves. I want us to look at the chart. All this energy, issues from Christ, God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. Listen to this. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he views everything, with his presence. Somebody say amen. So we have found out who we are. Now we want to find out who is the church. Amen? The church identity is Jesus Christ. You see that? The church identity is Jesus Christ. The church call is Jesus' call. Hallelujah. See, it says here that the, the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is what? Peripheral to the church. So the church is at the center of everything that God wants to do in this world. And if we don't do that, if we don't know that, then we are not identifying with the right people. With the right, uh, can I call it this? We, 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 if we don't know who the church is, we will miss out on what God wants the church to do. Hallelujah. And my point of bringing this up is that the church cannot say it is powerless. Because the power of the church is coming from who? Jesus himself. It's coming from Jesus. Let's look at the scripture that Pastor Davis used last, last, uh, last Sunday, and that is in uh, Acts, uh, not Acts, Matthew's. 16, 15 to 19, it says, he said to them about Jesus, now, but who do you say that I am? That's God. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for fresh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of heads shall not prevail against it. Amen? Now look at uh, uh, chapter 18. Chapter 18 of Matthew. Uh, this is verse 18. It says, As sure I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Who is he talking about? Say the church. Let's go on the next verse there. Again I say to you that if two of you agree or not concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Amen? For where two or three uh, gather, are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So the church is, remember this, when Jesus came, He didn't say, on this revelation, I will build a synagogue. Where were people going for religious activity? Synagogues. Or they were going to the temple. Right? There was nothing called the church when Jesus used that word. So the church is actually called ecclesia. Say ecclesia. That ecclesia means what? An assembly. Not just an assembly, but a ruling assembly. A legislative assembly. Amen. Come on. You've been made a member of parliament that you don't know. The legislative assembly is for what? Making laws. And so, what we find here, Jesus did not say, I will build a synagogue. Actually, if you look at Mark 13, 1 and 2. Let's look at it. Mark 13, 1 and 2. As Jesus was leaving the temple courts, one of his disciples came to him and said, teacher, look at these magnificent buildings and what tremendous stones were used to build all this. Jesus turned to them and said, take a good look at all these enormous buildings, for I'm telling you, there will not be one stone left upon another. It will all be what? Leveled. So he wasn't building a temple. He was building the Church, so the church cannot be leveled hallelujah so if the church is not speaking it's because you kept quiet hallelujah because it's not because somebody shut you up it's mainly because we did not go and do what jesus told us to do jesus this concept of twos and threes is very important let me emphasize this on it So, so, so important. Because if I go to Mark chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Jesus, uh, are we there? Mark chapter 6, verse 7. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over what? And clean spirits. Let's go to verse 12 now and 13, I believe. Then, uh, this is message version says, then they were on the Lord, they preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different right and left, they send the demons packing, they brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies, healing their spirit. That's your message. That everywhere I go, I am telling people, life can be radically different. I don't care how bad this company is. I don't care how terrible this organization is. If I can get another believer, and we are two of us, we can change things. Why? Because the Bible says the powers of hell, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. This church of truth cannot be shut down. How will you shut them down? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Look, in the book of Acts, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my what? Witnesses. Where? Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the rest of the world what happened in Acts chapter 2 the Holy Ghost came did he come and what happened 3,000 people God born again how many churches were those say 1,500 that's how they were operating that's how in chapter 2 it's three thousand in chapter four. It's five thousand in chapter five. It's everywhere. Why? Power of two. Power of two. Power of two. In that you remember in Acts chapter four, who were going to the temple by the gate beautiful? Say Peter and who? John. They were how many? Two. In the book of Acts, when the message was preached to Samaria who were sent to Samaria, John and Peter. Amen. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, when the disciples came together and they were worshiping and praising God, the Holy Spirit spoke and said what? Separate for me how many? Two. Paul and Barnabas for the work I'm assigning them. So we see this thing is moving in twos and affecting the whole world. Hallelujah. That's what God has called us to. Come on. That's why the devil wants you to fight with your wife or whoever it is to destroy the power of two. Hallelujah. It's not so that you can take nice selfies and put them on Snapchat. No. It's so that you and your wife, as two, can take authority in your home, can go to her home and take authority can go to your home and take authority and tell people life can be radically different. Come on, there's something else. This is is not all there is. There's a kingdom of God and with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have you received anything this morning? Glory be to God. I want you to rise up on your feet. In, uh, in that scripture, uh, in Acts 16, Jesus said, Fresh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. If you are in this sanctuary, or you are watching us online, and you are struggling with things that fresh and blood has revealed to you. We take authority over that in the name of Jesus. A next ray is just fresh and blood. It's not a revelation from heaven. A brand test is that just that. It's a blood test. It's, it's fresh and blood. What they said to you about you at your workplace, that's not revelation from heaven. That is what? Fresh and blood. Don't, don't come in under freshened blood. Take time to discover what God has called you to. He's called you to higher things where you registrate both on earth and in heaven. Let me read for you a quote here by a man called Ed Silvoso. It said, Jesus designed his ecclesia to make its presence, power, and culture known. With the authority to registrate in both the visible and invisible realms so that Satan cannot prevail in either domain. Hallelujah. Jesus created this ecclesia, this church, so that we can prevail in heaven and on earth. Remember the song we were singing, Let Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven yours and my calling is to bring heaven on this earth. And we do that as we partner with others. Hallelujah. When you go to work tomorrow, get to know a believer that you can hold hands on and say we are changing things. We are legislating things in this school. We are changing outcomes in this office. Amen. When you go home, Don't fight with your brother. Don't fight with your sister. If they are born again, find a way of saying, how can we connect and take authority over Satan? Because he is the creator of division and his purpose is to destroy the church. But not on our watch, praise God. Not on our watch. Everywhere. We are coming here to be equipped so that when we go, hallelujah, we are powerhouses. We are making real changes and influence in our areas. Amen. Lift up your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus. Just want to thank you for your word this morning. I take authority over every report of the enemy. I cancel that X-ray in the name of Jesus. We see things by the light of revelation. Take authority over every kind of test every kind of test doesn't matter what test that, that If that, that test does not line up with what the word of God says we cancel it in the name of Jesus it's in the realm of fresh and blood and we take our position and we say Lord Lord you are radically changing our lives you are radically changing our families in the name of Jesus you are radically changing our workplaces as we take hold of your word and as we take hold of one another as believers and establish your kingdom in every aspect of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray and believe. Amen.